Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. JP, how are you this week? Oh, I'm good and just, you know, excited for the conference final games, you know. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, at least in my opinion, I think these are the four best teams. What say you? Yeah, I would agree. I was uh, a little disappointed in the playoffs this year because I felt the last two seasons was really stacked. Even those uh, wild card games, the first couple uh, years where they expanded, it seemed like we had a much more even playing field. This year, we have the four best teams, and I feel like, by no surprise, we have the four best teams. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of surprised about the Bills a little bit, but I feel like they just kind of declined on the second half of the season, or maybe the last third. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know Josh Allen was nursing, like, his elbow. Um, I know he said he needed that to recover, but again, like, I just don't think, I, I think people, like, have crowned the Bills as something that they just aren't. I think they're a very good team, but to be at the level that everyone claims them to be, like preseason Super Bowl favorite every year, I'm just not there yet. They don't have a run game, defensive head coach, and uh, outside of Stephon Diggs, they don't really have many playmakers on offense. So I, I by no means am surprised we're getting Cincinnati and Kansas City again. Yeah, I, I agree with all that for uh, the Buffalo assessment also. You see Josh Allen, I think he might have led the league in red zone interceptions. Um, he just turns the ball. Like, for every great play he makes, he just makes, like, a bad play, especially in the playoffs where it really comes back. It's not, you know, you're not playing against a, a subpar team. You're playing against the best in the league, and it's just not cutting it, you know, turning the ball over like that. you got to protect the ball. Uh, that's what we always say. Turnovers kill you, and it's so true. Yeah, and – um he, the turnovers in the red zone has been a new thing this year. He was, uh, I think, turnover-free for the longest time in the red zone, and then he may have had, like, one or two during the regular season. And this year, entirely, we're seeing a different Bills team and Josh Allen in the red zone. And, uh, again, now we have um, an eight-game playing sample of Josh Allen in the playoffs, and we, 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 we've seen him play a couple good games and we've seen just play as many awful games where he's just making you know questionable decisions with the football and um you know he's not as nearly as explosive for every one or two throws that only Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen can make and no one else he's missing a lot too that are you know he's missing a lot of layups yeah he has that huge arm but some of the you know the, the more touch passes he misses on a little bit um what kind of uh, – I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say it's more of the pre-read or pre-snap reads like the Peyton and Brady were known for. You're seeing more of that out of a, um, Joe Burrow rather than Josh Allen. And I mean, I think it's safe to say Burrow surpassed Allen as uh, the second-best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think Burrow's probably number two as well. Um, I, I can't remember what game it was. It was a primetime game. It might have been against the Ravens when it was the Bengals against the Ravens. And I just remember Burrow. I think it was to 
Hurst. Is that their tight end? Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He uh yeah. he just said something. It was like Panther, Panther. He was like Hayden, Panther, Panther. And I guess I'm guessing Panther was like a skinny post or something like that. He hit him right over the linebacker for that touchdown. And he was like he saw it before the play, called it, and then uh, scored a touchdown on it. Yeah, and the thing of Burrow is he's not like gonna wow you with his athleticism or anything. He's not like the best at anything, but he's very, very good at everything, so to speak. So you're getting a guy who's one or two, you know, top three at anything in the league, but not necessarily the best. He's not nearly as explosive as Allen or Mahomes, but man, he'll just dice you up, efficiency, distributing the football, and he'll he'll take what the defense gives him. And he's accurate, confident, and has great playmakers. And I mean, they sit pretty much easily handled Buffalo this week. I mean, not only did they beat him, but they beat him up. Like Josh Allen, you can see was bleeding. Um, Stephon Diggs crying on the sidelines, not getting, uh, you know, they, they shut him out. He was definitely showing some frustration. What, what was Diggs problem? I, I didn't see exactly. I know he didn't get thrown to on that play right before it, but I think at least one I saw it, he had like eight targets at least. It's not like they didn't throw to him. Yeah, that was the thing, too. He had, I believe I heard it was like the lowest percentage of catches per target in his Buffalo career thus far was um, that playoff game. He caught four balls for 35 yards, and um, he he seemed, he was upset. He uh, actually, I heard, left, like, to the locker room without his teammates, and he was frustrated. He went to Twitter to voice his opinions and that he should, you expect him to be okay with losing. But my thing is, he wasn't doing it. I mean, last year against Kansas City, I I heard they held him to like seven total yards, and you didn't see that. Um, He's saying that um, winning and stats matter to him because when he's getting his stats up, they're winning. And I don't know. He's a great player, and I think him and Allen have a great relationship, and it seems like, I don't know, I'm down on digs this week for that. I, I feel like you have to walk out with your teammates, especially after the year they've had, these are the guys you've been, um, you know, g- going to battle with each and every week. And especially with the Hamlin situation where I feel like they should have came closer as a team. And I don't know. It just seemed like it, it seemed like poor taste in my opinion. I, I agree. I don't, I mean, like what, what do you have to gain from that at all? Like there, there, you could only do damage to your team. And I don't think Twitter is the place to do that, especially like for your teammates, if you're going to do certain things, uh, but like leaving your team early, like I'm not cool with that. I, I don't think you ever abandon your team. I don't care if you're pouting about your bullshit. Like you're on a team, and you should stay with them. Um, it wasn't their day, I guess, but I, I don't ever think that's the the right course of action, at least in my opinion. Right, and I know his frustration. I know, um, you know, he's he's up 30 now. Um, definitely times running out. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He's a great player. So I understand his frustration, but I, I, I agree that's that's not the way you go about handling business, in my opinion. And um, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what what Buffalo does next year. With um, you know, I think McDermott's a good coach, but I don't know. Defensive minded coaches aren't winning. I saw some regression on this team, and uh, I don't know. They're always the preseason favorites, and I never understand why. Over the past five years, Buffalo has never been a better team to me than Kansas City, and I don't know why everyone pretends that they are. I think they beat up on, like, I mean, traditionally they've beat up. I mean, they've had a pretty weak division recently. The Jets, the Dolphins, the Patriots, I mean, until kind of recently. I mean, the Patriots might have had, like, a winning season, but, like, who the hell has ever been afraid of Mac Jones? 
I, I like nobody ever has. So I feel like they've kind of been the juggernauts in the uh, the AFC East. Um, and I, yeah, I don't think they're in the same class as like Kansas City. I was just saying to you before we started recording, I think Kansas City is like one of the most quiet number one seeds I've ever heard of. Like people will talk about Philadelphia and and because of how they were undefeated for a while, they had the uh, the best record, I believe. Um, you hear that, but Kansas City, like I, all season, I feel like I haven't really heard about them. Like you, you see the game recaps, but they're the number one overall seed in the AFC. Um, I don't know why they don't get more talked about. Yeah, and you know everyone wrote them off. Um, well, I don't say uh, wrote them off, but they weren't any talks. Mahomes is going to win MVP. No one was discussing that till the end of the regular season when Jalen Hurts got injured. Um, but yeah, he's been playing phenomenal football over the course of the year with no Tyreek Hill. Like, and if you really look at it, outside of Travis Kelsey, they don't have the receivers that any other team had. This has to be as a pure wide receiver corp. Th- this is bottom tier in the NFL, and offensive lines uh, solid, but not you know n- not the best in the league. The the, the run games complemented Mahomes well. They don't have a dynamic back, but I think uh, Pacheco and um, McKinnon have played absolutely phenomenal as a duo in the backfield. And their defense outside of Chris Jones doesn't have many studs either, and they continue to win football games. It's because Andy Reid and the coaching staff's done, you know, phenomenal with their play design, and they just have Patrick Mahomes who – Head and shoulders is the best player in the NFL. Um, I know other, a lot of people like to talk about these other teams, and I know a lot, you know, teams have been or guys have been hiring the Bengals and Bills, Eagles all, all all this time, but it just shows that even though they have better a better overall roster, I think it just shows that Mahomes and Andy Reid are just head and shoulders way above the competition. Yeah. You, you you always see how the the quarterback and coach kind of get tied together, and I was just going to compare it to kind of New England, although they don't have the rings to you know match it. But it was like every year you just expected New England to be in it. You didn't even talk about it until it was the AFC Championship game, and they're kind of a, I guess a victim of their own success. Not that it's a bad thing, but you you don't see them. I mean, like I said, you see them in the highlights, you see them when they're talked about, but it's not like oh let's do a special story. It's always Josh Allen or or Joe Burrow or somebody like that. Or uh, Justin Jefferson or somebody, you know, along those lines. And to me, um, it, it seems like teams or the media just weren't even talked about, even when they were that one seed. It seems like the, the, uh, Cincinnati, to me, has kind of fallen into the new uh, media darling, so to speak. Um, and they're a great football team, definitely capable of going back to another Super Bowl, but I'm with you, and it seems like people were big on the Chiefs the past couple of years. I don't know why it's kind of faded from the spotlight this year. It makes no sense to me because I think that they, they're the best team. If Mahomes was 100% healthy, I would think that they could definitely beat Cincinnati, especially at home. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't understand the big fuss. Like, all Mahomes did was go out and throw for, you know, 5,000 yards with Kelsey and a bunch of guys who were, you know, dealt here. Yeah, Tony, Volta, Scrantlin, Juju. Like these are guys that are just kicked to the curb from their other teams, and Mahomes is having an MVP season with these guys. Yeah, it shows how important just uh, you know coaching people to be in the right position and having a quarterback who can deliver. I mean, it shows how important the quarterback is. That's why they get paid the most. That's why um, it really comes down to them at the end of the game. And if you have 
Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you're in pretty good position, especially with Andy Reid on there. I think they probably are the the new uh, Belichick, Brady kind of coach, uh, quarterback, number one combo right now. But like I said, I'm not comparing them apples to apples because Belichick and Brady have, what, six more rings than them? <laughs> yeah, um, I guess five more. Or five more. Yeah, for being uh, yeah nitpicky. But yeah, um, yeah, Chiefs, I think, are definitely... You know, there could be a dynasty here, but again, if they do lose to Cincy, you do have to mention, is Andy Reid for the Chiefs kind of like how he was for the Eagles in the sense they're getting close and not delivering? I know that they have the one ring, but it, you could still see them underachieving in s- some of these um, scenarios if they only capture one Super Bowl. JP, of the, of the four remaining team, we have San Francisco and Philadelphia, Kansas City and Cincinnati. Of these teams, do you see them, any of these, like, needing to win now? Or do you see them still competing in the next three years, five years? I think we have a very, very open playing field with these teams. I think any of these four teams could definitely take it this year. And I think that they're all built, you know, they're, they're young teams that are built for future success, especially Cincinnati. Um but but again, it's going to be different when they pay these guys. I don't know if they can say, afford yeah. a T. Higgins when Joe Burrow's about to get paid and Jamar Chase. Um, and then if you, when you pay these guys, you can't afford you know the safeties they have or Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson. You know, if in order to pay Burrow, you're going to have to sacrifice two guys. To pay Chase, you're going to have to sacrifice another. So we'll see how they respond in that case. Um, Zach. Zach t- uh, Taylor to me is a pretty solid coach, but I think he benefits more from the talent around him rather than his scheming and uh, culture. So I'm interested to see how they go long term. I think the 49ers are in great shape here because who knows if Purdy is their guy, who knows if Trey Lance is their guy, but they'll have the cap to distribute among their playmakers. They're all pros at each unit, guys like Nick Bosa they can afford, and Kittle and Debo. Um, so I'm interested to see because they're going to pay. Uh, I, I don't really see Purdy as their franchise quarterback because they could really pick and choose who goes in. So I think they'll continue to build a team around the quarterback and not pay the quarterback. Chiefs have already paid their quarterback and they're still playing at top notch level just because yeah. I think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are just that much better. And uh, Philly, we'll, we'll see when they pay Hurts as well. And um, Lane Johnson's getting older. Jason Kelsey's getting older. So we'll, we'll see when their O-linemen retire, how that happens um, and, that, and how that affects the run game. Uh, Miles Sanders, also a free agent. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how they're going in the future. But right now, they're, they're, they're young teams and definitely the four best teams. But future, looking at it, I think the 49ers here, have the best future as far as salary cap management, but the Bengals definitely have the most explosive young talent. Yeah, I agree with you. With the with Cincinnati, I think they're probably the, the most talented, but I agree that they're not going to be able to afford everybody. T. Higgins is probably for sure gone, I'd say, um, just because they're going to keep Chase, and they're probably going to have to pick like the uh, Heinz or Plaxico Burris. Uh, conundrum. You got to you got to pick. You got to pick one or the other. Uh, the one thing I was thinking about when you were talking about the 49ers, though, I like it's kind of like the the NHL goalie. Like, oh, if you don't have a goalie, or like if you have two goalies, you have no goalie. 
I don't think I've ever seen a team in the NFL like where the quarterback didn't matter so much as the 49ers do right now. Like they haven't missed a beat. They have Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback. They have all, it doesn't matter who comes in and they're still as good of a team as anyone. Yeah. And it just shows, I mean, like I said, they have pro bowl or all pro caliber players in each unit on this team. Trent Williams, one of the best tackles in the history of the game. He literally just took Micah Parsons out of the game last week. Um, Did you see the video of Juszczyk uh, taking him out? Juszczyk? No, I didn't see him. Yeah. He took Parsons out? <laughs> uh, he, he took Williams out. <laughs> oh, this no. was like this was like two or three weeks ago, but uh, Williams was blocking somebody, and I guess like he threw the defensive guy off him. But I think Ustrek was going for him too, and he like threw him off, and Ustrek just drilled Williams, and he, he like went down. Oh, <laughs> I'm surprised! Like it was an impressive block on how big he is. Right? Yeah. No, I missed that. I, I have to check that out. I, I love Ustrek. Um, but too, I, I want to say. Um, uh, Parsons too. I don't know if you saw it last week. Did you see him go full Reggie White on uh, uh, McGlitchy, the the right just tackle. Toss he him, tossed him. Yeah, just like how uh, Reggie White tossed the incredible bulk back in the day. <laughs> with the, with the, you have the one arm. Yeah, that was um, that, that 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 was awesome to see uh, Parsons off the edge, and, and you see what happens when they don't pair him up with Williams, which they they, they should have rushed him off that end more throughout the game. Um, but in my opinion, da- Dallas was just kind of lucky to be there. And uh talented team, but it shows you the Niners with their coach, Kyle Shanahan, and the schemes they put up. They weren't necessarily creative this week, but they just found a way to play smash mouth football and win, which means we'll look for them to get a little bit creative this week against Philly. While you were talking about Dallas, do you think Dak will ever see an NFC championship game? No, because he hasn't already, and they've paid him. Zeke's paid, and they're going to be in salary cap hell for a while here. Um, I, I just think that those are questionable contracts. They're still paying Tyron Smith, who's been hurt the last two years. And uh, when that happens, you can't afford a Tony Pollard or a Dalton Schultz, who will both hit free agency. They've already lost to Murray Cooper last year. Um, and I think it's just going to be tough to pay great players when you have a pretty good quarterback, which is what Dak is at his best. I don't D- D- Dallas to me, just th- th- this is their height. They're a divisional, uh, you know, playoff team, divisional round. And not to mention, if you just look at this year, they're in the toughest division in football. If you base it off the records of this year and uh, no, quite frankly, I think Parsons I'd rather pay if it, I, I know that it, you know, the timing didn't line up, but if it came time to pay Parsons or Dak, I'd pay Parsons over the quarterback. Oh, I agree in that situation. Parsons is like a once-in-a-generation type player. Like, he's probably going to be a defensive player of the year multiple times in his career. I don't know that Dak is... He's almost like Kirk Cousins, but he's, like, flashier because he can move a little bit. And uh, Kirk Cousins seems like he's, like, a Mormon monk or whatever. But uh, you, you see these teams that are, like, really good... And I was comparing the Cowboys to kind of like the uh, Chargers of like the 2000s with LT and uh, Antonio Gates and like this really good teams that just can't win in the playoffs. Yeah, and that's just not as efficient or no big playability when it comes to these playoff games. When you're, he can beat the teams that are bad. His uh, 
I, I don't have the, the exact record, but I know he's whooped his division his entire career when it was weak. And now, I mean, Philly's not going anywhere. And um, I, I, I just don't, I, in my opinion, Dak's a very, he's a very overrated quarterback. He's not special. He's efficient, but I don't see much hit factor. Um, Does that just go the, with being the, the Cowboys quarterback, though, to kind of be overhyped? Um. I, mean, I feel they, like they, Roma they, like, was kind of overhyped a little bit too. And even, well, I guess there really wasn't anyone super good other than Roma since Aikman. It's true, but I feel like Romo got a lot more heat than Dak did. It seems like. Oh, I do year, too. Yeah, people calling Romo a choke artist or something. Like, yeah, you see all this, all these things, but like you also see Josh Allen doing, you know, stuff like that. Like, when, at what point, how many times do you have to lose before you're considered that? I guess. And how many more Pro Bowlers do you need? You, uh, Tyron Smith, uh, Frederick, Travis Fredericks, when he was there, and Zach Martin. That's three Hall of Fame offensive linemen. You've had Michael Gallup along with guys like um, CeeDee Lamb, Omari Cooper. Cole Beasley was efficient as a slot receiver. Jason Witten, Dalton Schultz. You know, you've had way more playmakers than almost anybody. It's almost like Baker Mayfield of his time in Cleveland when he had multiple great linemen and running backs. Yeah, Zeke and Pollard. Like, what else do you need to be successful? We have Trayvon Diggs, who's a turnover machine. Micah Parsons, uh, you know, Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence. Like, what else does he need to be successful? And if you would take him and let's say you put him on Buffalo, I don't see Buffalo being nearly as dynamic. And if you put a guy like and, Allen yeah. or, you know, someone else on Dallas, I mean, I feel like they'd be way more explosive. Do you think Josh Allen gets them to the NFC side? Do you think he gets them to the Super Bowl in the NFC if he's the Cowboys quarterback? Yeah, I, I would say I would say it's definitely possible. They have a little bit more playmakers on their team. And, uh, um. Yeah, I feel like that NFC quarterbacks just aren't as good as the AFC. And uh, uh, Dallas is really a team, almost like the 49ers, at least a couple years ago. You, you could have just put in anyone and you could have won games. Like, like get like I don't understand. Why are you paying Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott when your team doesn't lose when Tony Pollard's touching the ball or when Cooper Rush is under center? Not that Cooper Rush is your franchise quarterback, but if you had Cooper Rush and Tony Pollard and cut Dak and Zeke or never paid them in the first place, you're saving almost $70 million in cap room to invest in other positions. Yeah, I was going to say, Cooper Rush isn't the answer. He's not a franchise quarterback, but they also didn't really miss a beat when uh, when Cooper Rush came in. Yeah, there are times where he played better than Dak, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think – I don't trust Dallas. I don't think they have anybody that's really going to – put them over the top and see a win. Um, I don't know. McCarthy, I guess, has won the Super Bowl before, but I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to be there. I feel like they're going to get impatient with him. And uh, I don't know. I think Dak's going to go back to just kind of being a pretty good quarterback that uh, probably will be a wild card quarterback that loses. Yeah, and that's what he is. That's what uh, Colin Cowherd says, uh, what you said. Just make it. He's Kirk Cousins with swag. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they are. I mean, Kirk Cousins, Dak, 
that they're just like these mid-tier quarterbacks. I don't think they're going to necessarily get over the hump. Um, and th- th- they need help. You know, like they're not going to carry a franchise. They need multiple players to help surround them. You know, the Justin Jeffersons and C.D. Lames, you know, they, they need support. They're not, they're, they're getting paid like they're a guy that elevates a franchise. Meanwhile, they need the help of others to help elevate themselves. Yeah, you see quarterbacks get paid that much because they are the, the biggest kind of game-changing uh, type players. And if you're paying a quarterback just to be paid as a quarterback and they're not that game-changer, then really what are you spending it on? Right, exactly, and um, being in Capel like that's just—it's not going to win you a lot of playoff games. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's see. What did we touch on? We touched on uh, the Chiefs kind of not being talked about. They almost lost to Jacksonville. Do you want to touch on that real quick? Do you see any of that? Yeah, and I, I think to no surprise of that, um, the Mahomes injuries obviously what caused this game to be competitive towards the end because he was out firing before that. Um. And Jag- Jaguars had their chances. Defenses held Kansas City to, um, you know, punt situations. And uh, there's the costly fumble in the red zone. Tre- Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, I think he's going to be a great quarterback in this league. But I feel like the spotlight was a little bit too big for a young team like that at the moment. They had their opportunities and couldn't capitalize on a more experienced playoff team. And Mahomes, despite the injury, was able to get it done. I feel like uh, the the Jags kind of went as far as they had the potential to. I feel like they they kind of lived up to the potential they had. There's no way. I mean, it would be a great story, and I guess any given Sunday or Saturday. Um, But I I think the Jaguars are just, you know, they're they're not good enough to beat the Chiefs right now. Um, Maybe in two years they will be. Maybe next year they even will be. But right now, I don't think so yet. But it is good to get them in the playoffs and get that first playoff win. I think that's big for them. Yeah, especially for Trevor Lawrence, um, young quarterback to help boost his confidence. Um, and uh, Chad Henney, just got to give him a shout-out, leaving like a 98-yard drive when Mahomes is injured. That was absolutely incredible. Chad um, Henney might have to go down as one of the top backup quarterbacks to ever play the game, I think. Just, just like... He comes in, he does his job, he's not flashy, he's not doing anything spectacular, but he can come in cold, kind of like almost like Chase Daniel is, is a pretty solid backup. Um, I, I feel like he just comes in, and Chad Henney just, not that, like I said, not that he's taken over a game or anything, but he just comes in cold and does his job for the most part. But I guess yeah. it's a lot easier to do that in Kansas City than other places. No, I was going to say, I think a lot of that thing you read and the faith he has with his uh, with the play calling. I mean, when you're backed up that deep and you call a pass right from the get-go, it definitely shows um, the confidence he has in his offense. And um, this is the second time now we've seen Henny come in in a tight playoff situation and help secure a victory for the Chiefs. Um, and, and again, yeah, that drive was really the game-changer of it. And I think it shows the potential Jacksonville had. Like, this is like what you said. This is as far as they were going to go. And, uh, you know, it shows that, you know, that they weren't going to be able to beat Kansas City, even with Mahomes at a limited percentage. You know, it just shows how the experience of Andy Reid in these situations, rather than a young Jacksonville team, you know, they responded better and they held on for the win. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Jaguars, I I was saying a couple of weeks ago, like, I, I kind of want to see them do well because I like the Trevor Lawrence story. Like, I want him to be good. I want there to be a bunch of good quarterbacks. Like, just throw him in with the AFC quarterbacks of Burrow, 
Allen, Mahomes. Not that they're all in the same quarterback class per se, but they're as fun to watch as any other quarterbacks. And I'd like to see Trevor Lawrence kind of thrown in there. Um, Jaguars are just a stupid team. Like, nobody wants to watch the Jaguars. No, but Trevor Lawrence looks like he's the real deal. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what they upgrade at. Um, I know they brought in all these new receivers and playmakers to help elevate them. And, you know, th- they were a much better team this year than last. They're in a lousy division, but we'll see, you know, what Tennessee does at quarterback. Um, and, you know, uh, these other teams are picking early, so maybe they'll find themselves a baller too. But, yeah, I'm excited for Trevor Lawrence moving forward because he really, really looks the part. And I think Jacksonville has definitely got a franchise quarterback already. Yeah, uh, he's he's already looking good. Um, the only game we didn't really touch on were the Eagles and the Giants. Giants, the sixth seed. I think they were the lowest seed still playing, uh, blown out by the Eagles, thirty-eight to seven. That's kind of another one. Like it's a feel-good story. Like if if you told me going into the season, uh, Giants win a playoff game and uh, go on to uh, face the Eagles in the divisional round, like that's definitely a win. They, they it's a first-year coach. It's a team that was kind of trash. I, I looked at them as probably a five-win team going into the season, and they ended up going nine, seven, and one. And uh, I feel like they kind of went to their extent as well, especially going against the number one seed Eagles in the NFC. Yeah, and I agree. And uh, Dable's just had such a great year as the coach. Just, I mean, D- Daniel Jones, uh, significant increase in his play on the second half of the season. Um, definitely not good enough. I feel like this is where he gets you. He ain't going to an NFC title game either. But, um, I mean, Eagles just blow them out because they're, they're just a better team on every single unit. They're stronger. They're better. They match up well. They know the Giants better than anyone playing in that division. Good story for the Giants, but, you know, outside of Saquon Barkley and Andrew Thomas, they really don't have anyone on offense. Um, but, Tell you but, what, like, Thibodeau or whatever on defense, it seems like he's going to be a stud. Yeah, Thibodeau looks looks the part, too. Um, defense is pretty solid, Actually, their their D line, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, are probably the best interior duo um, on the D line in the NFL. And then I, I like Thibodeau a lot off the edge too. I'm interested to see how they respond next year, considering they were a playoff team, but that they will have a third place schedule. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, again, though, I, I just feel like this is Philly's division to own for another year, and uh, they showed it this past week. They uh, definitely didn't mess around. Hertz, who wasn't a hundred percent and was dealing with an illness, came out and just balled all over him. I thought they were going to be a little rusty coming out, honestly, especially with Hertz not really playing uh, for a while. And they came out and just took it to the Giants. Um, I thought the Giants were going to hang in there a little bit. I took them to to cover last week, and they absolutely did not. <laughs> um, that's one of those games where it's like if you saw Eagles thirty, like giving thirty points, you'd be like, hell no. But they would have covered with 31. Um, but, yeah, Eagles, let's see. JP, you want to you pick a couple of these games? I guess there's only two games. I think you did pretty decent last week. I don't know what I did. Yeah, I think on the I, I show think I, got, I was like one and one. But I actually won. Um, I, I took every game money line last week and I actually won four for four, <laughs> which, which was nice. Um, yeah. 
I remember you showed me that, and for for a four leg bet, the payoff wasn't as much as I thought it would be. Yeah, it was, I think a lot of I mean, Eagles and Chiefs were just so heavily favored. Niners were favored, and Bengals I took uh, actually in an upset, which. Um, but then again, Bengals just being what they were, it wasn't like a substantial upset by any means. So it was like I like tripled my money, but I only threw like ten bucks on it or so. So I mean, I, I want enough to gamble something on the Super Bowl, but you know, it was you, you, you would like to win more going four or four. Yeah. But I, I understand with these payouts being what they were. With our picks last week, we both went one and one. Uh, I had the Giants plus seven and a half against Philadelphia, which I lost, but I did have San Francisco beating Dallas by more than three and a half. And then you had Cincinnati plus four and a half at Buffalo, but then also picked Kansas City, which you were right about, but Jacksonville covered the eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, honestly, when I heard Bengals had 3-0 linemen out, I probably would have switched to Buffalo, but that, that was already in, and uh, I caught a break. They They played much better much better up front than I anticipated. Do you think Cincinnati is the best to overcome a, uh, an offensive line kind of injury? Cause they're just used to not playing with a great offensive line. <laughs> yeah. I, I think just the way Burrow plays too, because like he knows the ball is going to come out quickly and he has the pre, you know, like the pre-read snaps and uh, he's more, he's mobile and he's just, he adapts very well to that. Um, you know, last year in the Super Bowl, you sacked seven times and, it still came down to the final drive. You know, he has a lot of Brady intangibles. And then in addition to that, he has a lot more escapability and, you know, just better playmakers to get the ball out too quickly. So overcoming an offensive line is very, very difficult, but Bengals have seemed to have done it. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're the only remaining team that doesn't have like a pretty above average offensive line. Um, it shows how important that is. Like we were saying, quarterback, offensive line, like uh, the, I guess the wide receivers and stuff are obviously the flashy ones, but really, and, and like the older I get, I sound like an old man. Like you got to build up on the, on the front and the defensive line, but like you really do. Like you have to have a good front. You have to own the line of scrimmage. If you can get that yard push or, you know, just at least have a clean pocket for your quarterback, just it makes such a difference. Having an extra second in the NFL is huge. Yeah, and these other teams have had pro bowler linemen all the time. Trent Williams already said one of the best tackles in league history. Lane Johnson, one of the best right tackles in league history, along with Jason Kelsey, who will also be in the center discussion when it's all said and done. Uh, Creed Humphrey and Orlando Brown have played in the pro bowl for Kansas City. Um, Yeah, like these are good teams up front, and – Bengals not so strong on the offensive line, so I'm interested to see how they hold up moving forward. JP, before we make our picks, I wrote this down when I was talking about Thibodeau. It's been a couple seasons now. Have you warmed up to the single-digit linebackers and things like that with the new numbers? Or do you still long for the old way? It depends at the position. Like I kind of like the single digits for cornerbacks. Um and for some running backs and for wide receivers, it still looks kind of ugly on a linebacker, in my opinion. For beside, well, single digit, yes. I think like 11 on Micah Parsons looks really good, but it's also because he's so dominant. Um, I agree. I, I agree with the double digit thing, but like 11, it, like, it does make a difference. 
I think does, for a linebacker. Like Kyle Van Noy being number eight to me is ugly. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's somebody else. There's a defensive lineman who's like number like Melvin Ingram when he was here or eight too. Yeah. I think I don't, it, it's it's ugly. I think eight might be the worst single digit. What what is the worst <laughs> single digit? I think it might be eight, eight or six. But then eight, I, was I say think eight. six. Uh, I would say six. I think five, six, and eight are definitely the worst. Yeah, nobody is number six. There's like what uh, Smith on uh, the Eagles right now. Monte Smith and like Baker Mayfield, even though he's seventeen. Oh, no. Like Jay Cutler is like the last yeah. one I remember <laughs> who was number six. Yeah, uh, six. It, it, it's ugly and it's kind of disgraceful. I feel like eight's so ugly too. Have we discussed <laughs> this? I feel like we've discussed this like, years ago. Of what is the ugliest number? Like, what would be your least? Like the last number you would have. I'm going to be like the offensive line, like 73 or something. I feel like 60s might even be worse than the 70s. I feel like uh, like 68. Like it's weird that we were just talking about six and eights, but like something like that, or like 64. It's so dumb. You know what? What actually sucks and it's underrated is any number in the 30s. Yeah, like 38 well, I, sucks. I kind of like the early 30s, like 30 to 34. Oh, yeah. After that, it's kind of ugly. I feel like it's like, just... I don't mind 39. Yeah. No, yeah, 39 was cool. That was my number in high school. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, who else? You see uh, Minka in it and uh, Danny Woodhead, you know, some of the, the stud 39ers. Um, but, yeah, like 38 or like 41. 41 is not good. Unless you're like a linebacker. Because there's like, who's the linebacker on Miami? He's like 40-something, I think. Uh, Van Winkle or whatever. You know uh-huh. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I think he's I mean, in the Yeah, like Alex Singleton's like 49. Yeah. 49's bad, too. What's his name on the Bills is that, isn't he? Edmonds? 49 I mean, is like such a long snapper number. Yeah, that's ugly. <laughs> oh yeah, that's absolutely. I can't remember what you. What were you just saying? I can't remember what it was. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm sure I'll think about it and uh, I'll interrupt later on. I don't but, mind forty for a fullback, but for a running back, it's awful. Unless you're Mike Allstott or Peyton Hillis, like I feel like if you're number forty, you have to just be a power back. Right, right. It kind of like goes like you checks forty four, Ricard's forty two. But, like, it works for the fullback, I feel like. But, like, 44 for a linebacker is cool, I think. Like, like uh, A.J. Hawks 47 at Ohio State was sweet. Doubles aren't bad, too, like 44, 33. But, yeah. yeah, college is a little different, too. But, yeah, 47. But, like, I think it's okay in high school and college because it's, like, something else. Like, I feel like in the pros it's almost like, okay, uh, maybe I'm just old school, but like I like the the linebackers being in the 50s or the 90s or whatever. I, and I, I, I do too, especially at linebacker. But like, I think seven looks so good on Trayvon Diggs and Leonard Fournette. Yeah, uh, I think it looks better on a corner. Like uh, I, I like I like single digits on the wide receivers and the uh, the cornerbacks and stuff like that, the safeties. But like we were saying, like I feel like if you weigh more than like 240, you can't have a single digit. I was actually having this conversation the other day. What great wide receivers nowadays are in the 80s? Like C.D. Lame's 88, but like it seems like all the top-notch ones are 
CeeDee Lamb's also 88 because, like, Dallas has a history of wide receivers 88. It's like, you know, being number yeah. 10 in soccer. Like, it's, it's you know, it shows you something. Uh, but, but like, if, if you think of it, Justin Jefferson's 18, Devontae Adams 17, Tyreek Hill 10, yeah. uh, Stephon Diggs 14, um, Jamar Chase is 1. Like, none of these guys wear, wear a number in the 80s anymore. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, you see tight ends like that, I guess, but you, yeah, you really don't see wide receivers at all. AJ Brown's eleven, you know. Debo's nineteen. I would really have to think about like who actually has a number in the eighties now, because I can't even think who who on the Steelers. Sims has a number in the eighties, and he's the only one. Right, right. Like yeah, even Johnson, Claypool when he was here, and George Pickens all none in the eighties. Uh, while, while you were talking about Claypool, I think I, be, I believe I saw that he had the worst record in the NFL. He he like played uh, for the Steelers when they were losing, and then went to Cincinnati. Like the Chicago, he went to Chicago and like lost out. So like even though Chicago had like what two or three wins, he had like one less than the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah, so, I did see that too. He had like two total wins and. Uh... I don't really find it all that surprising that they reached their goal of not having a losing season despite being two and six. Then they trade Claypool, and all of a sudden they're they're winning. Can't answer us to the locker room. I've been saying it for I don't know how long now. Have have and we? He, go ahead. I'll let you. I was going to say he ended his tenure with the Bill or Bears this year with like it was like a hundred something yards and like no touchdowns. Like he's just not good. He just yeah. has moments. And people think like that's mo- those moments are what he is. It's like no, those moments happen every four games or so. He does. He's just, he's just built. He's like the prototype of a wide receiver that you would want. And he just, I don't know. He it seems like he doesn't get open. Yeah. He falls down. He drops some, and then like even if he didn't, he just seems like he like doesn't get it. Like you're a pro, you have he's a great opportunity. Like I, he's like squandering his opportunity, thinking his stink, his shit don't stink. Like, like he won something. Like you, no, I feel like you have to go back. Like the the guys that are like the best, like feel like they never put in enough. I I, I don't think like they're at the end of the day, they're like, oh, I could have done more with Claypool. They're like, I've, I'm already here. Let's go get in a fight with a stranger. Right, you know, there's all that stuff in. To me, I said it last year on the show in the Viking game when he was pointing first down while the clock was running out. And, I mean, they lost that game. And then when he came out and blamed um, the guard for it, uh, Trey uh, Turner, when he put the blame on him, that was the day I kind of felt that the relationship wasn't good and they had to move on from him. They, uh, I feel like that was the day they realized they weren't going to re-sign him. And I guess they waited a year and traded him. I said right there, like I, I would trade him because that's that to me is like an unforgivable offense. You, you lost us a game here, and then you're blaming one of your teammates who's trying to do the right thing here. And it's it's like you're 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 not that good, dude. And yeah. then two seconds later, you're talking about playing music and practice. You, you haven't earned anything here, and you think you're some entitled guy. Like we, we I've seen Mike Wallace play. You're not Mike Wallace. You're not AB. You're not Emmanuel Sanders. You're not even Deontay Johnson or Juju for that matter. Like I, you haven't earned anything. Like in the fact they got a second round pick from him and some of the yinzers here were talking about how stupid it was. 
That's the best deal they possibly could have gotten for that guy. I, I loved it at the time, and it only worked out better. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. This is best case scenario. Plus, there, plus, it was yeah. like there, there's too many people on the Steelers' offense. Like, you can't get Claypool the ball. You can't get Deontay the ball, not that he'd catch it. You can't get Pickens the ball, not that you would try to because he's your best offensive threat. I mean, like, you can't get it to everyone all the time. And if it's really not helping your team, he's not a veteran that's, you know, uh, helping the team, boosting the team. He's a cancer. Like you were saying, he... He, he does. He's never won anything, and acts like he mm-hmm. knows the answer for things. Like you don't have it figured out. You've played for two years, and you haven't even been that good. Like the yeah. only time you were good was Martavis Bryant style when nobody knew who the hell you were. And you had a Hall of Fame quarterback, and now with a rookie quarterback, you can't produce. He had one good game all year, which was the Tampa Bay game, and um. We traded him somewhere. It's not like we. Tra- it was like Randy Moss where he was struggling and you put him on a team like New England and he just destroyed. We, we just moved him to a- another team that it's not even like the Bears got good value for him. Either, yeah. you know? I feel like if you were like, you could have the 32nd overall pick or Chase Claypool, would you still make that? I don't know if they do, honestly. And wide receivers are a dime a dozen. You can find them in any round, if not undrafted. And yeah, I feel like moving for, for second round pick for that guy. Like, I don't know what they were thinking, especially for the Steelers. <laughs> like, as bad as they are at drafting cornerbacks and things, like they've proven they can draft wide receivers. I know Colbert's not there anymore, so maybe that'll affect it. But like, they have shown time and time again that they can find a diamond in the rough later in the rounds for wide receivers. I also saw on Facebook, so I, I need to just like address this. There's some some Yinzer like posts, some like page that said well you can't um underestimate the value jordan addison would have on the steelers because jamar chase and joe burrow were college teammates shut up that is like the outlier like you that's joe burrow and jamar chase are absolutely phenomenal i don't think bringing addison here is going to make a difference to kenny pickett like to to that degree yeah i i that's kind of a, a Homer Yinzer thing. I I agree with that. Also, like, are you really still on Addison that much? Didn't he go to USC? Like, what what do you even care? And is wide receiver the biggest hole they need? I feel like they don't need wide receivers. How about you build the offensive line? Uh, they're going to need to build the defensive line pretty soon as well. They they don't really have a cornerback. Although I really don't trust them to draft a cornerback. Um, are you really? I don't know, happy with them in the middle of the field? Like, are you happy with uh, the middle linebackers that we have right now? Right. Every position you just said, we need more than a wide receiver. And not to mention, you can find receivers in any round. Or literally round. any position on the offensive line. Yeah. Well, like you said, and it's and not to mention, like the guy who wrote that post also had a post last year, I bet, that was bad mouthing him for going to USC. He was probably like, bring back Larry. <laughs> so it's like, let's not act like some expert on Jordan Addison or any of this. Uh, he's, I, I think he's he's a good receiver, but he, he ain't worth reaching for for this team. You, you have other needs, and if we get him, I, I, he played at Pitt. We've seen these guys play. They ain't Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Yeah. Joe, Joe Burrow. Best college season ever for a quarterback. Kenny Pickett never sniffed that, and he never will. 
All right, JP, you ready to make our picks? I guess there's, there's only two games this week, so um, I'll let you pick first. And uh, I guess I'll when I make my pick, I'll get your feedback as well. But I'll let you go first. Sure. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles minus two and a half against the Niners. Um, I, I, I don't want people to get too high on Philly and Cincy this week since they – are coming off bigger blowout victories than the other two teams because these are both going to be much closer games, I think. Um, but I'm going to take Philly because if history repeats itself, we've seen quarterbacks like like a Brock Purdy get to conference finals but not get to Super Bowls. Like Blake Bortles, our boy Case Keenum, um, Cordell Stewart. You see these guys that like, are capable of getting to title games with all the help in the world. And then they uh, tend to crumble there. Um, I think here, Philly and the Niners, both teams, best teams in terms of units on their team, they have pro bowlers at each unit. Um, But I think the quarterback situation is just going to be tough for Purdy this week. It's tough for him because when, when they beat Dallas, they're at home playing Dak. I think on the road against Jalen Hurts is a whole other level. They run the football better than anyone in Philly. They can control the clock, much like the Niners do. So I think look to bet the under here, possibly. Um, but look for both teams to look to run the ball, expand drives, try to get creative here. And I think Philly's just a bit more explosive. I think Hurts and his legs will be what gets them over the hump rather than Purdy back in the pocket. I think they'll be able to control the line of scrimmage. And I think that, um, you know, the, the cornerback play, especially in uh, Philly, is going to make it uh, much more difficult on Purdy rather than the Niners secondary will on Hurts. And uh, it's just little things like that when it comes to games like this that make the difference. I think it's going to be tough for Debo Samuel and Ayuk to separate from Bradbury as well as Darius Slay. And I, I, I think that Philly's just going to, you know, they're at home. I like them to run run the ball here, run it well, and then play solid defense. Look for them to, um, you know, take away the uh, underneath things, so to speak. Now, I think uh, San Fran can definitely come away with a win here. But I'm going to take Philly from what I know. They're at home and have an MVP late quarterback this season. So I'm, I'm going to stick with that and go Philly. Yeah, I think they both have really good teams, really good units at each – well, really good people at each unit, I guess I should say. I think the difference here will be the quarterback. Jalen Hurts is just like – I could see them him putting them on his back – just the kind of just the, the dagger kind of third and eight where they're running around and then he just picks up the first down on his legs. That's like a backbreaker, mm-hmm. just prolonging drives like that. Philadelphia is a really good team. Like, I, I feel like people get kind of hung up on some of the nice stories. Like I was saying with Kansas City being the one seed. Like, these teams are the one seed because they're the best teams, pretty much. They, they had the mm-hmm. best record in each conference. They're number one for a reason. Philadelphia won out. They beat on the Giants. Maybe they're just the juggernaut right now. They Their offensive line is so good. Their running game is so good. And then they really do have wide receivers that can beat you if they choose to do that. Um, I think outside of Miami, they're the only team to have two 
uh, 1,000-yard receivers, unless the Bengals did it too. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I like the playmakers on Philly. And uh, also, every team passed on Purdy. He was the last pick in the draft. These scouts know what they're doing, and I feel like, you know, they know his limitations. He was able to beat bad teams. He actually only played, believe it or not, two games all year on the road, which was an OT win against Vegas. And I think against Seattle, which is, you know, definitely not a tough place or definitely not an easy place to play on the road, but you're playing Geno Smith. You're playing the Raiders when they're on a down year. And now you're on the road. This is a real test here for Purdy. So I, I think Philly's the right pick here. Yeah. I'd like to see San Francisco win. I I just like their team. I'd like I want to see Shanahan kind of win. Although I do like Philadelphia too. I like uh, I like their coach. I like uh, I like all the coaches kind of remaining in this. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to see how it'll play out. Um, I do think Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan are kind of better, or at least schematically better. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, but Philadelphia is just so good. Uh, let's see. So Cincinnati is minus one and a half versus Kansas City. Cincinnati is favored in Kansas City, which is pretty crazy to me because um, Arrowhead is one of the toughest places to play, probably like behind Seattle or whatever with the twelfth man. Uh, I'm I'm torn because I feel like Cincinnati is just on a roll. Like they beat up on Buffalo, they're a good team. Joe Burrow is as good as anyone in the playoffs. I feel like. And I know he hasn't won yet, but, like, I feel like it's inevitable. Like, uh, he's going to win one. Josh Allen is a beast. Will he win one? I don't know. I feel like Joe Burrow, it's a matter of time with him. But are people sleeping on Kansas City? It's one and a half in Arrowhead. I mean, one and a half is pretty much nothing. Like, who really wins by a point? Mm-hmm. Um, My heart is going with Cincinnati, but I kind of feel like Kansas City like just reminds everyone they're Kansas City and they and they win by more than one and a half. That that's the way I'm going. JP, what do you think about it? I'm going to go Cincinnati because I think the mobility of Patrick Mahomes is going to be limited, if not taken away, with the ankle injury. Um, he was struggling to even just hand the ball off last week, and I know it will get better over time, but I think that's going to be the difference maker is we might, might get Mahomes at 70 to 75% where we'll, we'll get the Bengals at 100, and I think that could be a difference maker. For um, sure, because when Kansas City wins with their lack of you know Tyree Kill or somebody like that, like they do have people that can contribute when Mahomes puts them in the place to contribute. If he's not at 100% and they need him to just be a person and need people to pull more weight... Who knows if Kansas City still Kansas City? Right. I also feel like since he has a better defense and they can match up well better than uh, uh, Kansas City will against uh, Chase, Boyd, Higgins, uh, Hurst, all these guys, I think they have a slightly better run game with uh, Mixon. And uh, um, I know Arrow- Kansas City could definitely win this. They're going to Arrowhead, um, Bengals O-line still in shambles. But um, – from what I know, I mean, Burrow's 3-0 against Kansas City in his career, and um, he's been dominant, too, the last couple meetings they've played going, um, I think, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just going to go with Cincinnati because, like you said, the spread's one and a half, so, like, it's it's not much of a difference. Um, and I just feel like that, that injury is really going to linger, 
And uh, I think it's going to set them back a notch. Yeah, I, I I didn't get to watch the game. I heard he got hurt, um, but I didn't really see it. So if he's only at you know seventy percent, that probably would change my opinion on that. I do. I think Joe Burrow is just. I said this last year, and he came up a little short. I think he just has like this confidence. Like I I don't know. I feel like if he was my quarterback, I would be very confident every time I stepped out on the field that we were going to win. Yeah, and he just knows that, like, if he has the football in his hands, he's playing against the Kansas City D rather than, like, I'm playing against uh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, if that makes sense. So, like, he knows every time he has the ball, he has the opportunity to not only put points on the board but also play keep away from Mahomes. And a guy who just plays situational football the way Joe Burrow does, I think he's a scary guy. Like, I I heard the other day they're – Saying Burrow's an assassin. There are many guys that are snipers, like Josh Allen, Mahomes, who could launch it. But Burrow's kind of like an assassin who just expands drives and looks for ways to keep your team off the field. And uh, he'll take what you give him. And uh, with these wide receivers, I think they're going to be able to, m- to move the ball. Yeah, he is. He's deadly. He's accurate. He just, I don't know. There's something about him, but like I, I feel like I get so caught up in like the in that vibe, where I'm like Patrick Mahomes is still the king kind of thing, but he is injured. Uh, uh, JP, let me and ask again, you this: that, Yeah, that, that's why I kind of took the NFC game. There is there are guys you don't bet against, and Mahomes is one of those. If anyone can overcome this injury and just put a team away, it's Patrick Mahomes. Still, even with like the one and a half, like. It it could come down to just a field goal or something like that. One and a half is barely a spread. And the fact that they're in Arrowhead and uh, Cincinnati is still giving one and a half, I mean, that's pretty much the same as giving up like four, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I guess Vegas has a, a lot of hype on uh, Cincinnati. It's just so crazy. You, you feel like you, you know things about these teams and then they come out. And, you know, shit the bed or blow them, you know, blow the doors off. I, uh, Who are you kind of pulling for? We'll, we'll end on that because all of these teams in a Super Bowl, it's not like, oh, God, I hope it's not Seattle that pulls it off because I don't want to watch <laughs> them. Like, every one of these games would be interesting. Which one do you want to see? Which one do you think the NFL wants to see? I think the NFL would mm, – I don't know who the NFL. I think the NFL really wanted to see a rematch here with Kansas City and Cincinnati or against Buffalo, regardless. And that's what we're getting. They want those um, three teams for the, for the next ten years. Yeah, I, I think NFL or at least those three quarterbacks on whatever team they're on. Right, Burrow and Mahomes are just marketable, regardless. So I feel like they don't really care how the AFC, um, but out of the NFC, I feel like they probably lean more on Philly. There's a little bit more explosive, and I feel like Hertz. Hertz is a great story. Purdy to me is a phenomenal story, but it's like still it's Brock Purdy. Like heading into the game, you may not hype. I don't think they could hype him up as well as they could hype uh, Hertz up, so to speak. I feel like he's just more marketable. But I'm personally rooting for the 49ers to go all the way. Um, I think the Purdy story is awesome. I'm I, I'm a fan of them. I like their players. Uh, big McCaffrey fan, Nick Bosa fan, Debo. I like the way they play football, and yeah. uh, I, I, I'm rooting for them. 
Absolutely. Um, I think I think Shanahan it 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 I'm it just impresses me. It blows me away almost at the way he can have a successful team that isn't completely based around the quarterback being the the key element. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they play a different style of football, and uh, I, I like it, and I feel like I'd like to see him win. And uh, I, I think it's cool. I just thought of this the other day is that uh, Kyle Shanahan's with Christian McCaffrey, and Mike Shanahan got to coach Ed McCaffrey, so yeah. that's kind of cool, too. And uh, Shanahan and McCaffrey won two Super Bowls, I believe. Yeah, they did. So, um, yeah, ho- hopefully they, they can win one here in San Fran. I think that'd be a really cool story. Plus, uh, Kittle's one of my favorites, too. He's just – he's funny, and he's – He's like a WWE dude, and then he's like <laughs> doing that thing with the camera angle. If you saw like the funny face he made when the camera yeah. cut to him, he uh, he almost got his head taken off if uh, Diggs actually connected on that hit where he bobbled the ball. Oh yeah, the, yeah, it was a phenomenal snag he had there. Um, he's just so dynamic. He's one of two tight ends in the league that makes that catch. You know, yeah. It, it was for sure a great catch. It, it riled everybody up, but the came so close to getting his head taken off. Yeah, <laughs> hey, he got lucky there. Especially the, the, the he's lucky he was digs too, because if it was somebody else, uh, he's he's getting his block cleaned. Yeah, <laughs> block knocked yeah. off or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Yeah, you see some of these other safeties. If, uh, you know, they don't have the same guys that they used to, but like Cam Chancellor or somebody, you're destroying somebody like that. It's it's lucky that it is uh, Diggs who's like the, uh, almost like the Deion Sanders. Not that he can cover the same way, but he's all like uh, coverage, let me get an interception, let me be flashy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm i I'm with you on that. Um I was going to say, so yeah, Niners, I feel like definitely team I'm rooting for. Um, oh, the AFC, I think I'm rooting for Cincy, though. Yeah, I, I, uh-huh. I'd i like to see Cincinnati one, which is so strange as like a Pittsburgh guy. But like, I feel like the Bengals aren't really like a Steelers rival. Like, I know they're in the AFC North, but like the, the Ravens are the rival with the Steelers. And then after that, it's the Browns. And then like the Bengals kind of like there was a little bit of a rivalry when there was perfect and Pac-Man Jones for that one year. But like, I feel like the Browns are kind of the traditional rivalry, but like the Ravens are the real ones. Cincinnati's like, yeah, they're in the division, but uh, like they're, they've been kind of underachievers and, you know, haven't really done much. And I just really like the way that they play. I, I like the way that they play defense even. I think Joe Burrows just is so fun to watch. And uh, the entire team, like they have some playmakers. They have multiple running backs that are good. Tight ends, good. They have three really solid wide receivers. They have two number one receivers and a solid number two. Yeah, definitely. And um, like you said, I don't. they're definitely not as big of a deal as Baltimore or Cleveland as far as Pittsburgh rivals go. Um, and yeah, Burrow, I mean, it seems Burrow's just seems to be like the most likable guy across, you know, the league. He's definitely the guy who like definitely social media. And I'd say like a lot of the younger fan base seems to look to as like kind of this generation's new, I guess, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to say he's, he's Joe Namath or anything. So he, he's not, he, 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 he hasn't won yet. He hasn't guaranteed it yet, but, uh, 
Um, yeah. yeah, he's definitely, you know, one of those guys who backs it up. And, you know, a lot of people rally around that and respect that. I think it's a very exciting football team. And, uh, you know, they're, they play, I feel like they're a very well liked team. Whereas, yeah. you know, guys usually run thin with dynasties. Like when the Patriots were winning all those times, people hated them. Even Peyton had some haters, but, uh, it seems like, you know, Chiefs and Bengals. And even the Bills, like, nowadays, these juggernaut teams seem to be kind of the favorites across the board. Yeah. You, you don't really see the rivalries as much. It's the, the big-name quarterbacks, the fantasy guys. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what they're marketing. And uh, that's kind of what uh, gets eyeballs on it. So I'm I'm looking forward to this weekend. Uh, both games are on Sunday, right? Uh, yeah, both it's Sunday this week. All right. So... Philadelphia and San Francisco, good game. I'd like to see San Francisco win. I'm a big fan of John Lynch, their GM. Probably one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, another guy in the 40s, 47, John Lynch. Um, it's, it's, this is so funny to say, but like it's also kind of true. If Philly wins, though. One thing is they have Gardner Minshew, who's like my favorite, despite him being a backup. Big Hurts fan, but I love Minshew. I'd love to see him win, too. You, you could see. I mean, who knows? Hurts could get hurt, obviously. I mean, with a name like that. Um, see Minshew come in. Who knows? Who knows? What if we see uh, I, I also, the uh, also, uh, Nick Foles? Yeah. <laughs> I also got, got to take credit. Uh, you, you asked me earlier in the year on the uh, actual Poor Man's podcast, the Rick Seaback episode, what I thought of Jalen Hurts. And I feel like my take uh, knocked it out of the park. And I feel say? like it's aged pretty well. Do you remember what it was? I'll, I'll have to go no, back I, and find the actual I said I was, I, was, I was bigger on him than a lot of people. I feel like he has all the leadership intangibles, and it's just about putting it together. And, uh, whoa, he's much better than I thought. Yeah. And I think Sirianni just has a, has a good team. The whole staff there is good. And it seems like they're hungry there. It seems like they want to win there, and I feel like that's, you know, saying something. Not that the other teams don't. I feel like, you know, all the teams really want it. Chiefs maybe the least because they've actually won one. But, you know. I'd, I'd kind of like to see a San Francisco Cincinnati one, uh, or if, you can't go wrong. I do want to see Cincinnati in it, though. I feel like the Bengals are the most exciting team to watch right now. Yeah, I, I agree. And then Kansas City is exciting, but it's also like a little bit too much Kelsey Mahomes ish. Um, though I, I do say I did one bet. You should have your eye on it if you're feeling it. I threw it was like less than a dollar, some amount of cents on it. I think Jarek McKinnon, I think it was like plus 13 grand at the moment for Super Bowl MVP. McKinnon's played well. Um, I don't think he will be Super Bowl MVP, but I feel like the risk payout's pretty substantial there. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a that's a pretty major one. That's one that I'll always look at at like the end of, like if I have like extra change or like a dollar or two dollars, I'm like, let's go for... Um, uh, exact score or something like that where the payout's insane. Right. <laughs> I did see something on FanDuel, like you were talking about going four for four for the money line. I saw some guy went four for four for first touchdown scored. That's a, that's impressive. I think they were three tight ends and Jamar Chase. Oh, wow. It was like Schultz, I think, was the last one. Kelsey, uh, who played in the first game? We talked last week, right, about the guy that was four for four and then missed on the Justin Jefferson touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's awful. Yeah, that that's not good. I think he said, was who scored the first one in 
Buffalo. Oh, that was uh, the Bengals game was Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Yeah. Cowboys was Schultz, I believe. Uh, maybe it was Goddard and the Eagle game. Goddard was my and guess. Eagles game. And then Kelsey, because I'm pretty sure they were all tight ends except for Chase. Okay. Yeah, but I mean that has to be a pretty good payout. The uh, first touchdown. That's always a, a, a tough one. Dawson Knox has burnt me on that a couple of times. Especially if you parlay that among four teams, it's going to be freaking ridiculous. Yeah, I think the payout was pretty pretty good. I don't know what he put into it, but the payout was like $74,000 or something insane. I mean, he probably put some money into it to get that big of a, a score, or a score, uh, like a, a payout. But, I mean, that's that's some nice uh, money to end the uh, – and the weekend with yeah definitely no, no complaints about that 75 grand even after you tax it you're still leaving a pretty penny there yeah absolutely <laughs> all right jp <laughs> anything you want to end on no let's, let's look forward to these uh conference final games and uh like i said four best teams you can't really complain with that so i'm just looking for you know two more weeks of good football and i guess the flag football pro bowl yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm calling right now. Somebody has a serious injury, ACL or something. How are they going to do offensive linemen in a flag football game? Are they going to have an actual yeah, line? Are they actually- I guess put flags on them, and uh, they'll do what they do in every Pro Bowl and just go, like, 50%, I guess. There's an, I can't see a situation where there's any kind of – like, who cares if you're a guard that goes to the flag football one? Like, you're not going to touch yeah. them. Are you really going to rush? Like I really like I can't picture any kind of pass rush in that where anyone's actually going to do anything. I would assume it's like a seven on seven thing where it's skilled people, a quarterback, and maybe a center or something. I just don't understand how that's going to work. Not that anyone gives a shit about the Pro Bowl. No, it's, Pro Bowl's dumb and it's just a waste. Of time. The only thing that matters, like if you make the All Pro team, second All Pro, that's cool. Pro Bowler anymore, it's just like who wants to show up. Well, it's going cool to be selected to it, but then you don't need to actually play the game. That's just it is. It'll be fun to see Peyton and Eli coaching with Peyton gets Snoop Dogg, so I'm rooting for them. I hate Pete Davidson, and he's with Eli, so I'm rooting for the AFC. I agree. I feel like Eli Manning might actually be funnier than Pete Davidson. Yeah, he he actually. I've seen I've seen them both on Saturday Night Live, and Eli's funnier. Yeah, <laughs> Peyton's funnier too, and so Snoop Dogg. The comedian out of the four of them is the only one that isn't funny. Pete Davidson's one of those guys where it's just like. How? What? I, I I don't know. I I don't think he's that funny. Just to you know, as a sidebar, not that. I mean, I haven't looked at a bunch of his stuff, but like, I don't know. I don't get what the uh, big appeal is. No, and I hate giving him publicity at the moment. Yeah, well, I'm sure that <laughs> poor man's podcast, Sports Extra, is really putting Pete Davidson over the top right now. I'm sure. I mean, it's just as funny. All right, JP. <laughs> It's always a pleasure. It's always uh, some good football talk. Well, uh, who knows if we're going to talk next week because uh, there's no game, right? Or maybe we will. I, I can't remember. We'll, we'll discuss it because the, we'll do the Pro Bowl is next week. We'll do Super Bowl. We'll just say that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll do one <laughs> before the Super Bowl, and then uh, we'll do a Super Bowl recap, and then who knows what we'll do after that. Um, but, JP, always a pleasure. Um, uh Thank you so much. Uh, tune in to the regular Poor Man's Podcast. We have Michelle from Pittsburgh Foodie Girls coming on on Monday. She's going to do the best uh, date night kind of Valentine's um, places around Pittsburgh. Uh, 
in preview for Valentine's Day coming up. We also have Chef Ryan Peters. Uh, check him out on TikTok, Peters Pasta. You can see him making pasta with Juju Smith-Schuster and a bunch of other pro teams. Um, interested to talk to him about all of that. He'll be on, on February 6th, I believe. We have Abby Elias, and then I didn't schedule after that. So everybody tune into that. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Watch our live video. And tune into the Sports Extra every uh, Wednesday or whenever I release it. But, JP, always a pleasure for Sports Guy JP. I'm Chris. I'm going to say I'm so happy yeah. that I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. In my opinion, that sucked. You like that? You like that? You play to win the game. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie.